Canine Detection Collaborative, a detection dog training trio with Stacy Barnett. Hi. Robin Grubel. Hey there. And Crystal Wing. What's up? With humor and a big dose of theory, our trio talks practical training advice and features interviews with top trainers and scientists. It's Canine Detection Collaborative! Welcome back to the Canine Detection Collaborative. My name is Crystal Wing, and I am here with Stacy Barnett. Hello. And Robin Grubel. Howdy. <laughs> Howdy to you and hello to you. Yes. I made a Facebook post, and I had no idea that we were going to have so much response. And it was just on my personal page. And... I had an incident between Checkmate and Yukon. Checkmate is my Belgian Malinois, and he was, I think, two years old at the time, or maybe even a little younger. And Yukon is three at the time. They're they're about a year apart. And it was an incident. It was a fight. And it happened. Uh, Checkmate has bad hips. And by the time this airs, he will now be uh, fully bionic with two of his, both of his hips, not two of them, but both of his hips replaced. So hopefully, you know, I'll be on the swing of getting rehab and getting him back on his feet. But his hip popped out and it was when Yukon and they, they just were playing in the backyard and they were best buddies. And I, I managed their play. I try not to let them get over the top because two intact young males, you know how that goes. and. I really feel that ever since the moment of Chex's hip popping out when Yukon played with him, he has hated Yukon from that moment. And I know people will say anthropomorphizing. I'm just going to tell you that was the event that changed everything. And from that moment forward, Checkmate has always, always uh, been aggressive toward Yukon. I've had to have them separated. I got to the point where I could have them in the house together. Uh, very highly managed. They both had jobs. One's on this mat, one's on that mat, but it's been so much work. And then I've had a couple other management failures. And so just sharing that little crate and rotate that that's how life is, I guess I just, you know, you assume that people know more about you than they do and it's not glamorous. And I shared the not glamorous part that it's a crate and rotate life. And it was amazing to me how many people that really resonated with and that they, I mean, so many comments so I thought, you know, hey, um, let's talk about that here because, you know, uh, having high drive, powerful dogs, it's a thing and we all have them. It is a thing. And my dogs are housed in very specific ways. And it's even down to, you know, I have, what, five labs and a Dutch Shepherd. Very different breeds. Very different breeds. What? Yep. <laughs> I know, right? I have a lab mixed with the Dutch Shepherd. Well, it's definitely have one that's like a combination of the two. You know? And the interesting thing to me is I have a couple of labs that have as high of prey drive as my Dutch Shepherd. I believe it. If not and higher. It, if not it. higher. When I watch Ember. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's a force. She is uh -huh. a force. And I yeah. have to house her with Nico. Because if I house her with anybody else, her pushiness yeah. and, and that prey drive is can is actually quite dangerous. And Nico's come uh, when I let them out to run sometimes if I and we've been practicing 
very hard on arousal levels when going out to run that everybody has to be under control. And that isn't to be a sexy training thing. That's actually a safety issue. Yeah. Because if I don't have that level of control off of them, I'm going to end up at the vet with, you know, people are going to need stitches and they need enough stitches anyway, because they do stupid things. With all your barbed wire. With all the barbed wire and (laughs) Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, And so the, when you get a dog with a lot of motor, which is what I specifically ask for and I look for in my breedings, there comes with it a level of everyday management. And, you know, I come from, if you would have told me I would be having this particular conversations 15 years ago when I had a medium drive border collie who was fantastic. And then Moses and Moses came into my house and Moses and Talon didn't really like each other. They tolerated each other, but I could manage them because there were only two. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I would still leave. And until Moses was about four or five, somebody was in a crate every time I left, just because I didn't want to have to deal with the stress. Oh, I I wouldn't leave any of my dogs loose together for like, I wasn't there. I just, when you have high drive dogs, you have to, you have to assume a certain level of management is going to have to happen. And I think a lot of times, especially I, I know with, with on the sports side, a lot of folks come in with either breeds that are um, not typically bred for their working drives or they um, not, not crystal type of sport. I'm talking other types of sports Um, (laughs) or they come from, um, you know, the, you know, you grew up with your, your pet dog or the dog that you like, you thought was really cute at the shelter and stuff like that. Although they're pretty, they can be, they can also have a lot of those drives too. But when you're talking about dogs that were specifically bred for work it's not just the drive that comes out in working that drive it is there. There's so much genetic material there that if you don't have some level of management, it could very well come out in a way that may not go well for maybe, you know, your other animals in your house. If you've got, you know, incompatible types of breeds or, um, even other small animals or whatever. Or cows yeah. and mini donkeys, because I have that issue. I mean, to exactly. watch your labs run across the field, and I don't think that they yeah. wanted to chase them and kill them, but they're yeah. running across the field after the cows because the cows are running from them. Yeah. I swear to God, the labs are like, hey, you look like a really big dog. I want to <laughs> sniff your butt. But I also see that prey drive cook in yeah. with them. And, you know, yeah. we have you are not allowed to chase my livestock, period, end of story. No. One kick of a cow, that's all it takes. No more dog. Yeah. Or mama cows are not nice either. And we have coyotes. And so they've learned that dogs are not a good thing. Right. But then you also watch the dogs pack up and think, well, they could take Mm -hmm. down a baby cow. Mm -hmm. And nobody's having any fun with that. (laughs) No, no. So the people who have to crate and rotate and 
the only silent dog fight at my house that ended up with two of my dogs at a vet and me actually getting bit were my two oldest dogs who had lived together peacefully for almost seven years. And something happened as we were going out on a walk and one sniped at the other and the other said, nope, game on. Silent dog fight. Mm -hmm. And if I hadn't had a friend there, I would have had a dead dog. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get him separated myself. That's something that happens. It happens so often. And people, it's like this taboo thing to talk about on Facebook. And when it does happen, that's what bothers me. There's so much judgment about that. The dogs and not not just the people, but the dogs, it's like the dogs who get in that kind of fight, get demonized and it's not fair to the owner and it's not fair to the dogs. And it's just, and you know what? It took about a year and these two are now living happily together, Mm -hmm. but I managed them. Yeah. I manage how they run in and out the door almost every time because one's 12 and one's 10 and they're just, Mm -hmm. they get crotchety when they get older. Yeah. Well, I think there's two points there. The first one Stacy brought up about how we demonize and we judge. And I think that's a huge topic. And I think the other topic there is the elderly dog. And along that makes me think about, so like checkmate has pain issues. And so I think there's a lot of times too, that we're even unaware that like, I didn't know at that time that checkmate had bad hips, didn't have a clue. That's when I learned because after that he was limping and I took him to the vet. And I I remember when she did the x-ray and she said, you know, um, come in and look at this. And I remember the room getting black and I had to sit down because looking at how bad his hips were, I, I almost blacked out. Like it was just that bad. And I had no idea that he had bad hips. And that was a moment that I learned it. So not only did I have a dog, you know, that needed a couple stitches, and then I have another dog who's limping that now has an x-ray that I found out that was my sport guy that was, you know, I've waited for for seven years. Yeah. I mean, I did. I I, I kind of blacked out a little. They're like, here, have, have a soda, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? And so I think there's two parts there to really kind of unpack. And I think with Checkmate, especially at night, I have to go ahead and put him in a in a box or I have to give him separate space. What yeah. I love about Radish, Radish is the most amazing. She reads dogs so well. She does this uh, this smile and she does this like passive thing and she's just like, "Oh, checkmate, you're sweet." And he's like, "I hate you." <laughs> and he does, he gets really grumpy at night. Yeah. And that goes back to Stacy's point about, you know, we demonize that and we judge that. Dude, I get grumpy at night too. I get sore and I hurt. And to not give the dog the same ability to be grumpy and to feel pain and to be able to kind of snark, that's that's where the management comes in. And I know that I could never have Checkmate and Yukon out, but mm-hmm. I know with Radish and, and Checkmate that she does a great job of it and I'm right there and I do not leave them unattended. Right. And, right. you know, so you, you've set up expectations but I would never go out and tell people that, you know, checkmate is some overly aggressive dog. Now, when someone says, will your dog bite? I don't care what dog it is. If they have teeth, I say yes. yes. If they just have gums like like Quinn did because, you know, Yukon knocked all of his teeth out. I would say, yes, they bite because they're a dog. 
And I think anyone that says no doesn't understand that (laughs) this is not a human. Like I even had a a high schooler that bit somebody, you know? (laughs) Dogs don't have human morality and people forget that. They don't have that. They have mouths, not hands. They are predators (laughs) that live in our homes and they don't have human morality. And it's been this whole, everybody's like, oh, you know, they all have to get along. Kumbaya. No, no. No, they don't. And that's, we were talking about socialization yeah. too, and how I want my puppy to go see everybody. Oh, no. like, I mean, a whole other thing, but it's the same idea. Yeah. I always had a job for Quinn. Quinn yeah. always knew to sit next to me. And I, I that was my management was yeah. to give him a job. And so even out hiking, as long as he had something in his mouth and he had a job, the same with Radish. If she has something in her mouth, she's fine. She squeals and gets all excited and over around, but she keeps it in her mouth like a pacifier. And so you have to figure out what works for each dog. I don't think for checkmate that that would work. I think that if he got over aroused, he would drop what's in his mouth (laughs) (laughs) because he enjoys the fight part of things. Right. You have to know your dog's threshold, what they can take. You have to understand, you know, and, 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 and I think a big issue is if you have that high drive working type dog, and then you have a small dog. Oh my. And I know some people are out there and they, they have this combination and it makes me cringe because I'm like, you know, you're, you've put a lot of hope and prayers into the hope that there's never an issue. And, you know, when you have size differences or age differences, even with, within the sizes, you have to be careful. You have to be extra, extra careful. It's just the way it is. They don't have human morality. All you have to do is look up predatory shift. Yeah. Look that up and you're going to be like, oh, I've made a bad choice. With we'll include a link. And yeah. it's it's really important. I mean, it's one of those things. Dogs that live together their whole lives. And now all of a sudden, the little floof ball is no longer alive. And it just right. happened like that. And you're like, wait, but there were well, no how signs. How did that work? Yeah. And there really were no signs. It's just there's a shift that happens and they see the little dog as a bunny instead of their buddy that they were just cuddling with yeah, and done. Or a squeak came out terrible. in the wrong way. And yeah. one dog snarks at the other and the other one says game on. And that could be it. one mistake. Like they don't even mean to do it. It's Somebody just knocking on the door. You don't know. You don't know what's going to trigger it. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of these things where it's just like, I just think that if, if you get a dog that, oh, that high drive dog, that dog looks amazing. I want a dog just like that. You have to realize you bring a dog like that in your home. You have to be extra careful. Yeah. You know, maybe leaving them all loose and going out to work all day is not necessarily a great idea. You know, you you have to think about these things. And, um, I know in some countries, like you can't have kennels. And so there's a lot of other considerations there where they have yeah. to make sure that everybody gets along. And so yeah. it comes out of dog selection. You've got yeah. to. Yeah. And I'm in a lucky situation where, you know, being here in the States, it's like I can have a kennel and yeah. I have really nice kennels I've built outside. Each of them mm-hmm. have heated dog houses. They have their own little pools. Like it's, yeah. it's a nice setup. Yeah. Um because I know I'm gone at work, you know, all day, you know, teaching and then coming home and, but the rest of the night spent with them or doing things for them in some, some roundabout way. This like the most boring time is doing the podcast and they're like, okay, we'll chill next to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of it too is fulfilling the dog's needs. And yeah. I think, especially it seems like in the winter, 
um, that's when it gets really tense because I'll find myself not wanting to go out and do all of the exercising. And so that's where all of the canine conditioning stuff inside helps and all of the brain power stuff helps. But all of those things start to stack and we don't recognize it. And then all of a sudden there's a blow up and it's like, where did that come from? Well, (laughs) they're, they're pent. And by the time this airs, Nico will have been through almost 21 days of downtime due to an injury. That's crazy for that type of dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of drugs. Lots of drugs. And (laughs) when I take him out for the very first time, I will take him out by himself. Mm -hmm. And, And we will probably do a mile run. Mm-hmm. And he will get to go by himself and I will do some interval training with him just to take the edge off. Cause well, he's also put on a ton of weight because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's sitting yeah. around doing nothing. Well, that, that, and they lose the strength too. They right. lose the muscle mass. And, and, and so I'm going to have to be careful taking him out, yeah. but I can't put him right back out with the rest of the dogs because those teeth will redirect onto something uh-huh. else uh-huh. And, you know, he lives perfectly happy with um, about the only dog that he bullies. <laughs> and it's not that he picks on him. He just bullies Dash. Yeah. yeah. Now for the last year, they've been happily running together. They don't live together, but yeah. they will go out for a run together and they're fine. But I totally and... I totally don't know if they would be like, if you took them right out, like that's probably not going to go well. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I have had enough vet bills this year. I don't need to find that Mm -hmm. out. (laughs) No, but you don't think about those things and going from somebody who, you know, I started out as the, everybody sleeps on my bed and, you know, all of these other things. I am a person, I am a person who has working dogs who I treat as pets. Yeah. To now I have working dogs. Yeah. And I and my biggest leap has been the fact that I have so many mm-hmm. and I have so many that are operating at a really high level. And I don't care most working dogs, the most favorite thing on their entire planet is their handler. And so I have successfully taught all of my dogs that. So I do know that there would be some sort of jockeying for position on who got attention from mom. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could easily get into a resource guarding situation there. Easily. So we don't have that conversation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't allow it. (laughs) Yeah. It's not allowed. Yeah. Well, that that gets to the management part. So there's certain things that you don't allow. Like for instance, in my house, I don't allow a lot of interdog play mm-hmm. because especially when it comes to toys. So if I look at like powder and prize are both very well, they both have very strong tug drives. They want it. I don't know if that's an actual drive, but they want a tug, but they all they both really get that toy. Their arousal goes up. They love to tug. If they had a toy and they continued to tug and that could go up and up and neither one wanted to get to let go of it, that could turn into something. So that's something I don't allow. It's never turned into anything. So you're saying you have vicious dogs. Is that what you're saying? Oh, gosh, no. no <laughs> not. And I think that's but, what some people hear, though. And I never understand that. It's yeah. like 
it, it's like if you let two kids play yeah. and they kept escalating and you didn't step in, yeah. well, what would you expect would happen? One would shove the other and the other kid right. falls down and either that kid cries and goes running or yeah. that kid gets up and they get into a fight. I mean, it's it's the yeah. same thing. It's It's so similar. And I would never call those kids vicious. No, and these two dogs actually really like each other. Yeah, and it's the same thing with their friends. And they both get so into, this is my tug. And they are both thrashers. I mean, they are major, major thrashers, right? And so they're they're playing with this tug. And if if I let it go, I don't know where that would go. I don't want to try it out. Yeah. You know? So we don't need to tempt that fate. Right. Yeah. 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 So no, no crazy play, no, you know, you you know, there's certain things that you just, you just don't want to do. Um, I've got, you know, the little, I've got a little small, older herding breed dog. There are certain situations you don't want to mix that with on the mosh pit. So, yeah, (laughs) you know, because they're breaking all the rules. Um, Yeah. I had a fun police, Mr. Charles. He's my fun police. Yeah. And sweetest dog ever. But he was probably some border collie, some herding dog Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And if the other dogs got playing a little rough, he would go over and nip at him and and tell him to knock it off. And with some dogs, that could go very badly. And he would do that to Quinn because Quinn would pull Sable around. And Mm -hmm. Sable's this big old bear dog, you know, and she's an old farm Uh dog that retired here. And she loved when he would grab her by the neck. It was the weirdest thing. They had the weirdest relationship. <laughs> but he would grab her by the neck and just chew on her and he'd pull her around. And if if she, if he quit, she'd go over and like bump into him to make him do it again. And she'd lay down again. And I'm like, you're so weird. But if they got a little too carried away, Charles would yeah. say, hey, you need to stop that. And he'd nip, yeah. you know, Quinn on the back legs. And that's, again, it's management. You'd have to make sure that they weren't out together, that, okay, yeah. these two get to play. This one doesn't. And I'm talking, if you ever met Charles, he was the dog that mm-hmm. went to all the parades. Yeah. All the kids hugged him. Like, he was that dog. Like, yeah. the best pet dog in the world. Yeah. So, I think it's the boundaries and the and the expectations. But you kind of talked about the management. And that's where, you know... Um, when you have dogs, so like I have my checkmate in Yukon situation, Yukon's the dog that does not want to fight. He is the biggest lover. Uh, he's the one that, you know, like the girl, the girl scout stepped on him and I mean, it, it hurt him. I mean, she stepped mm-hmm. on him hard, didn't mean to. And yeah. most dogs would, they would respond by snapping and he just tried to get away and she was on him <laughs> and I'm like, ah, <laughs> and so yeah. he got free and then he, he goes and he gives her kisses like, oh. You're okay because she was so upset that she stepped on him. Oh, oh, I mean, if that tells yeah. you how amazing he is. And I mean, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> but I mean, that's, you have to also know your dog. Yeah. So to understand who he is and then mm-hmm. to understand that, you know, I, I see that Checkmate now has this angst against him. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I have to make sure that my management is rock solid. And we yeah. all know, you know, the saying. Management fails. Oh, and does it. And so um, they had their little scuffle. I was working hard to reintegrate. We were doing a really nice job of that. I could have them in the house. I could work one. I could have one on a down. It was working well. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, Nancy was over at the time. And I was a little distracted. And we were playing with the dogs in the backyard. And I had Checkmate in the kennel in the backyard. And I thought was secure. And it got Checkmate too over aroused. And he broke the kennel. And so we're outside playing with Yukon at the time and checkmate comes barreling around and that was it. And that was the first time management failed for us. 
And that's just whoo. And that's where like you talk to like Michael, you know, Michael Shikashio and then those kind of people to help with understanding how to separate dogs so that you don't get bit. You know, it's it's bad enough that you have two really um, you know, strong dogs. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you ha- you you don't want to take a chance of also getting yourself into it. I've had way too many friends that have had way too many injuries because you do want to jump in. You have to learn how to handle those situations. So if you're going to have dogs, you're going to also have to have the side of how do I handle these situations? Learn it before you get into that situation. Assume that it's always a possibility. Yes. And it's it's one of those things where if you don't know how to handle it, um, and you know the t- my two that got in a fight both weighed under sixty pounds. They're probably yeah. fifty five pounds, yeah. and there is no way I could have separated them. And they are just all about biting stuff. They're reacting, yeah. and yeah. so they redirect onto you. Oh yeah, they they don't realize they're doing it, and that's right. the thing that uh, yeah. And now everybody's laid up and there's no point in that. No. And so it's, I think through, I I know that the people who take care of my dogs and even my husband sometimes is like, I don't understand what you do with the dogs all the time. Cause you've got, you know, some here and you're messing, you know, this one can go with this one, but this one can't go with that one. And I'm like, that's because I know who's, who's bullying, who, who's yeah. going to get yeah. in a fight. Yeah. Um, and I cut that off, write it, you know, this isn't going to happen. And it's, it's also the reason, you know, you're constantly rearranging crates. Yeah. And yeah, next I, I go back and I wonder, you know, if I let them play a little too hard at times, you know, and then I, I get really hard on myself. Yeah. And I think that goes back to kind of that self-compassion talk that we had yes. uh, back on Valentine's yep. and me thinking about that and worrying about that, is that really helping anything or, you know, beating myself up for the times that management has failed? That's not helping anybody. And now some of that is having to process and make sure that, you know, I can make better choices in the future. Um, And I will say that on the last fight, um, it was a really traumatic one. Like, oh my gosh, it was really bad. On that one, I was ready to get checkmate a new home because at that moment, I was like, he could have killed Yukon. It was so bad. And knowing that, you know, I, I was really mad at Checkmate. I was really mad at him. And is that fair? No, he's no. doing what dogs do. Yeah. And so then when I recognized that, I mean, it was probably two or three days where I just didn't really want to spend time with him. I mean, and that's, I'm being, I'm being raw here. I'm being honest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I turned it back on myself then. And then I really, really dug into myself and I was so hard on myself. And I was like, I shouldn't even have dogs. I don't deserve these animals. I, I remember those conversations and I wanted to reach through the phone. Oh, and, wow. You know what? I'll go ahead and share the story. So if you don't like hearing sad or scary things, you might want to like fast oh, forward. It could be a little uh, bit of a trigger warning for some Yeah, folks. trigger yeah. warning. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I had had an amazing training day, like one of those just... Oh, it was so good. I started off SAR in the morning and then I had dog club in the afternoon and then I helped a friend train. And it was just like everything that we did was magic that day. And I was talking to Robin on the phone and I was uh, at training 
I had four crates in the van. Yeah, it was four crates in the van at the time, but I only had three dogs at the time um, that I'd taken. And I always put the same dogs in the same crates because I cannot have a mistake of Yukon and Checkmate getting out at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was distracted and I was so happy <laughs> of all the times, right? And Radish jumped into uh, Checkmates. And so Radish and Checkmate were in the wrong crates. and Or maybe it was Yukon, but anyway, two of the dogs were in the wrong spots. And so whenever I would get home, I would open the van door and then I would open the two crates on the outside at the same time. And so imagine that I'm standing in between the three and I opened up the two outer kennels and those two dogs would go past my right shoulder and left shoulder and they'd meet behind me and they'd run into the house. Yeah, Mm. I let out Yukon and Checkmate. And I'm talking to Robin on the phone while this is happening. Yes. I felt terrible for Robin after it. I remember at one point and I just had, I wasn't feeling well. I just had my vaccine or something. And, you know, I was already like worn down. Checkmate's collar came off. I'm in the front yard of suburbia for over 20 minutes. I had evenly matched dogs. If they wouldn't have been evenly matched, I would only have one of those dogs today. Yeah. And I remember just crying and screaming and it got to the point where I was laying on the ground, just hopeless. I couldn't even lift myself up. And I just kept yelling, they're killing each other. They're killing each other. And poor Robin, she calls Nancy, who's 20 minutes away. And so Mm -hmm. Nancy gets in the car and drives over to my house. You know, and at this point, there's blood all over the the ceiling in my living room um, because I had finally got them separated and I had been using a hose to try to, you know, because that's, I didn't have any other options. And so um, I finally got them separated. I closed one dog in the house and Checkmate and I are laying in the front yard. We're both exhausted and Yukon's inside. And because of all the water from the hose and the, and the wounds, you know, there's blood everywhere. I mean, it was just terrible. So when Nancy gets there, you know, she's like, okay, who's bit worse? How do we do this? And I'm like, we just need to load everybody up to the vet and we just need to go. And it was only a couple, it was only a couple stitches here and there as, as terrible as it was, but both of those dogs are dogs that they bite and they grip and they don't let go. Yeah. So it was a lot of deep bruising and not a lot of tearing. That is something I never want to live through again. And I've had to make some decisions about, you know, do I keep checkmate? Do I rehome checkmate? Because he gets along with all the other dogs. It's just Yukon. And those are those are conversations to have. And and I did worry about people judging me. I, I'll put that out there. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you're you know, you've got this dog. that You gave him a bionic hip. You spent all this money on him. All these people have supported you. You know, you've you've traveled all these places and done all these seminars and, you know, and learned so much with him. How could you possibly rehome him? But, dude, safety. I know that management is going to fail again. And I I cried for days apologizing to Yukon just hugging him and just, and he would limp and he wouldn't use his legs because he was so sore. There is nothing. I, I'll never forgive myself for that. And I try hard, but man, I don't know that I can. So trigger. <laughs> trigger. Yeah. And, and the, I had the two females in my house. I mean, one of my dogs is actually missing one of her canines because I could see what was happening is um, one of my labs, her prey drive was elevating and that drift was going to turn her. She wouldn't 
target the other males, but she'd target my other female. Yeah. Oh, and aggression. Oh man. You know what they say about that though? What boys and girls, why they fight. So the, the male dogs, they fight for breeding rights. Right. And the bitches, they fight for breathing rights. Yeah. Uh, yes. so, exactly. and, and that's yeah. that's so where breeding we were versus at. breathing. And when the yeah. bitches fight, oh dude. yeah, it's bad. And yeah. um yeah. one of my dogs lost a canine. She turned to snark at her and bit the wall. Oof. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So oh my God. um that turn, I saw that starting to happen and it was immediately I put up different pens in my backyard. So those dogs were, were never together. I mean, I had, I had one fight with uh, two of my bitches. It was Brava and powder. And it was, um, I mean, it was over cause I was able to separate them, but it was one of those things where I was sleeping. Right. And they're in bed with me and, um, powder had had a spider bite on her lip. Uh, and I guess it hurt. And I think Brava probably went up and like, what's wrong with your face? Uh Uh-huh. And it turned into a fight. Um, Now, Brava is a very non-confrontational dog. Powder is a little bit of a bully. And I got, it was like dark, right? I'm separating dogs in the dark. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I got kind of bit. Um, Both of them were okay. It was pretty quick because I was was like a rocket, right? And both of them, I think they were just more surprised than anything. Yeah. But I was able to stop it before it turned into anything really bad. But I have to say that, you know, after that, Brava, like, looked at Powder, was like, you're crazy. Like, I I don't really want to deal with you right now. Like, you're kind of crazy. And she never has really trusted her the same way. Mm -hmm. And I think, and their relationship has changed to where I think Powder will push her around when she can, because now she knows she can. Yeah. And so... I'm just, I'm just careful. And it's one of these things is like, I know there's this dynamic. They're both powerful dogs and I just don't, I don't want to have that issue. So I manage it. Now, luckily, you know, I've got, you know, Brava is very non-confrontational and I managed the interactions and nothing, it didn't turn into, because sometimes you, you talk to people who, especially with bitches where if they have a fight, like then it's like, you know, game on now that that's it. Yes. You know, there, there's no, like they, they're all of a sudden like these enemies, like it's not that issue. I don't have that issue, but you know, I, I realize it could Which be. is impressive. This is a lot. Yeah, it does. <laughs> this it does, is a lot. I did. I did. So I, when I spayed powder, right. I did ovary sparing spay because I'm like, I don't want to get rid of that estrogen. I feel like that estrogen kind of like evens her out. Yeah. And, you know, there's all these studies now that, you know, spaying can increase pitch aggression. And I'm like, well, I don't want to rock the boat. You know, so that was the reason why she did it over. We did over sparing, and I have an, an amazing vet that's that can do that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it's just it's one of those things. It's just like, and and when you have powerful, driven dogs that are bred for working, you got to be careful. You well, know? and it's it's been interesting because I'm yeah. looking at my poor dogs. Who, you know, I just went through yeah. a litter of puppies, raising a litter yeah. of puppies, got them out mm-hmm. the door. And now I'm all infatuated with my new puppy and all of my <laughs> other dogs. As you like, should be. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's adorable. <laughs> she's I can't fantastic. wait to meet her. I can't wait to meet yeah. all, all the rest of my dogs are like sitting in their, you know, the kennels because they can see yeah. me and they're like with their little tin cups. But what about us? <laughs> and and yeah. I've been listening to um, some of the Bobby Lyons stuff 
mm-hmm. and thinking also self-reflection mm-hmm. of instead of running my dogs every day, maybe I actually need to be training my dogs every day. And we run for endurance and athletic stuff mm-hmm. instead of using the running as a way to appease the training guilt that I have. And that brings in Liz, because then you can be running too. Yeah, you're funny. Um, My knee already just like reared up and said, yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't going to on you. It's okay. Um, But in so bionic knee, like uh, checkmate, um, it's probably common. Um, So, but the whole thing is, is okay. So. Um, I need to schedule my priorities and my priorities need to be training my dogs. Yeah. Okay. Now that's where a lot of my guilt comes in because with crate and rotate, I feel like if they could all be out, you know, then they would all get the same attention. And now I have to pick who gets to go on the hike and I have to pick who stays home. And I put so much guilt on myself for that. And so I really have to stop that. Yeah. And yes. I think that's where I go back to the self-compassion episode, you know, and, and that's where I have to go, okay, I I want to, I want to just for a minute, put myself and say, okay, if my dog was to say, what are the cool things we've done this week? And, you know, how have I impacted their life? And then I can go, okay, stop it, you know? So I have yeah. to really remind myself that a lot because I do think I could give them more if it wasn't create and rotate. But I have to recognize where we are right now. And I also have to set up boundaries for myself. I can't have my entire life no. be just revolving around my dogs. Correct. Mm-hmm. So you there's can't. that balance, too, that we have to find. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> well, I agreed to that. Did I just agree to that? Because I don't no, think but I mean, right. I'm feeling kind of attacked here. But you're, tr- you're correct. When you said the priorities and the boundaries, like those are things that I have to figure out of how can I almost kind of put as much as I possibly can into the time we have. And that's where I always do my 10 to 15 minutes of each dog, no matter what, they get their individual time. And I sucked at that this summer and I'm not going to make that mistake again. Um, But I guarantee them that they get that special time for me. And I'm not saying that's all they need, but that is a really important part of our relationship. And that's something that I, that is a priority to me and a boundary that I set that if I can't have that time, then I don't need the dogs I have. Right. And I sure like them. I don't want to get rid of them. I know. They're kind of fabulous. (laughs) They're kind of good in my book. (laughs) I think it's just, you know, and and what's hard, I think, is this, you go through this realization that it's like, whoa, these these are a lot of dogs. I need to start thinking about the the dynamics between them and... Try to go on vacation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. gosh, Don't even go there. But it's just like (laughs) the... When you start to realize that it's not the same as, you know, when you grow up and you've got, you know, these two just friendly family pets or whatever, it's not the same. Yeah. And it, but I think what's important is to not place judgment on that. Yes. Because you have these dogs and I'm also talking about myself, right? I've got these dogs because I love what they bring to the table. Like it, I get so much out of working my dogs and I get so much and I love every single bit about them. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you also have these kind of dogs, they're different. They're not. It's a lifestyle. It's just, <laughs> it is. It, it, it is. And, but I think it's, it's important to be both realistic and fair to yourself and, yes. and thinking and, and, and fair in the expectations of the dogs 
Because the, what I think is unfair is to expect them to just like sing around the campfire or sing Kumbaya, right? It's just, yeah, that's not going to happen. And if you're feeling miserable about it, guess what? Yeah. They're going to feel miserable about it. So exactly, exactly. So you can't they, allow they that are either. They are. Yeah. Right? They are who they They're are. They're happy with the time that they get. And, and being thoughtful about that time is what's important. And there's really nothing wrong with them. Yeah. I think that's also important. And that's the huge part right yeah. there. Yeah, it's huge. My first vet is a farm vet. And uh, <laughs> I had Quinn. And I mean, Quinn is my unicorn. Like, you'll yeah. never prove me different that he wasn't the I most know. amazing creature that's ever existed. And uh, the vet tech took his temperature. You know, I, I always have control over the situation. And I guess it's a new vet tech first day there. And she didn't get the right reading. So she stuck the thermometer back in his butt and surprised both of us. Oh. And he turned and nipped at her arm and he bruised her arm. Mm-hmm. And the vet came in and she's like, why would you have a dog like this? Who would ever want a dog like this? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm going to handle myself here. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I had to calmly explain what her vet tech had done. And she's like, well, he still shouldn't have nipped at her. And I'm like, okay, let's be my last visit here. <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> yes, this is it. I'll now be finding a new vet. <laughs> and you know, and it's just, you have to find where you fit. I mean, that, and that my new vet is amazing. Like today we did a blood draw and checkmate and, you know, she's like, no, I, I'm going to let you hold him because we know that you're better at it. So again, it's finding expectations, boundaries. You have to have a support system. I kind of mentioned vacation, you know, talking about just how do I get away for a weekend to go do a seminar, you know, and that's, to, it's so expensive to try to think about well, how could I board my dogs? Where could I board my dogs? Like it's not, oh, everything just changes. You know, I, what I wouldn't want to do is to just have like one kennel and throw them all in the kennel in this like energized <laughs> environment and expect to have yeah. four dogs when I came home. You know, yeah. I just wouldn't expect that. You no, know? no, it changes well, things. And it does change things. And, you know, I'm I'm at the point where not only do I have to find a farm sitter, because I have to find somebody, you know, Joe works a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Running the farm and doing what I do on the farm is actually a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, the the dogs in the farm are a full-time job. And then, you know, I want to do this other, you know, mm-hmm. canine census Five thing. other full-time Five jobs. other uh-huh. things that I yeah. do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. You're right. And <laughs> we will talk about that. And Alex, <laughs> what? So uh, when I try and travel, it's, I need a farm sitter for the farm. Mm -hmm. I need, now I'm at the point where I actually need a dog sitter as well. They may or may not be the same person. Yeah. Yeah. And plus on top of that, I then have to have all of the stress of me traveling. Now, Joe's fine watching the dogs for like a couple of days. Um, but I now have a nine-week-old puppy. And mm-hmm. Stacy and I both are like, uh-huh, and we're single, so keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, right. do tell, Robin, right. do tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so I'm just like, like... You've got an Elizabeth and I've got a Nancy, but still. <laughs> right. It's just not yeah, the same. best friends out there. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And Nancy's always offering to help and take dogs and like she's doing it right now. And I'm like, no, I, I've got them. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and so it's and then finding that person that you can trust when you have, yeah. you know, dogs that are working dogs mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that 
our dog savvy enough to recognize yes. when shit's going going to start going south yes. so it doesn't get to go south. Yes. Is yep. highly important. Yeah. Yes. That, so, yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> That's like when you're on Facebook or something, and you're like this, and they're like pointing up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, just that, that was it. Drop the mic, walk out. And, it, like, and reading the energy in the room, like, how's that energy yeah. in the room looking? You know, stuff like that. It's just. Because even when you talked about uh, when you had to separate the two girls and yeah. you're like, nope, from now on, it's it just, you have to know, you have to feel it. And it, it really is a feeling yeah. and you can start to verbalize it, but it takes and a lot not, of practice to do that. And how do you explain that to somebody? Separated? Like I don't, I don't keep them separate, but I do see a difference in their dynamic, right? Well, and I look at that and like, I'm um, the way that my house is currently structured at the moment I even had Flair and Sheba were in with Dash for a little bit. Yeah. And they're ganging up on Dash. Yeah. He's, he's such so a lover. Sweet. Yeah, he's <laughs> such a lover, not a fighter. He's it's like, like Dash and Yukon would probably get along I, so well. I Actually, know. they did. He got they in, did. They, yeah, he got in his his backyard and I'm like, oh, oh. And they're like, hi. I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like, bro. Dude. Yeah. They're both like surfer dudes. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is also knowing your dogs and knowing what combinations might not be good. So yes. like I see the intensity I have in powder. Um, I, jo- I joke around. I do call her my working line now and my Barbie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Right. Because, uh, you know, she's blonde. Uh, anyway, so I look at that and then I look at um, my little resource guarding snarky kind of sometimes very cute and very sweet, fluffy, almost 12 year old dog with no teeth. And I'm thinking, you know what? I just need to be careful here. So absolutely, there are certain combinations that, I mean, putting them both in the backyard together might not be a great idea. So, you know, you just, you really have to be smart and you have to kind of think about, you know, how you have to like kind of look ahead, like, and, and taking, you know, it is important to kind of think about the fact that they don't have human morality because you can't just say, well, you know, they know not to whatever, like, no, they don't, they're dogs. You know, living on a farm, you and it's my job to keep him safe, right? Mm -hmm. Living on the farm, it's this whole cycle of life. And I'll tell you, it's taken me several years to get new farm cats, yeah. Oh, and I manage, Mm -hmm. um, before I take the dogs for the run for a run, Mm -hmm. I feed the cats. They have a specific place mm-hmm. that they can go that yeah. the dogs can't get in, that they can get in and they're safe. And that's where their food is located. And and it has nothing. This is what I also want people to understand. It, has, it doesn't mean that the dog is aggressive because I think people Absolutely start not. Yeah. labels on things. It means that some dogs are more predatory because they're dogs. And it's about, and when you lay your drive on top of that, you need to be smart. And that's really what it is. It's like saying that a human could never have a disagreement. Right. Correct. And right. when a dog has a disagreement, they have it with their teeth, with their mouth, because that's what they have. When we have it, we might have a fight with our hands or a fight with our verbal skills. Uh, mm-hmm. And some of the psychological wars that we hold on each other are just awful. <laughs> Yes. But to think that we can't extend that to other animals, that they have to like everybody and everything. Crazy. It's crazy. Uh, 
Yeah, that's that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> and then and then you have to be, you know, worried that if something does happen, that you know the the Facebook world is going to just like come crashing down on you, and that's just not fair. Oh man, that's a toxic world. That's why I was so surprised. I, I didn't even really think anything about this post. I think it was like eleven o'clock at night. A memory post up. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time they had a little scuffle. And I, my brain said, oh, I wish I could be back to that time, you yeah. know, before they had that scuffle to see if I could have made it work out between the two of them. Yeah. And for so many people to comment on that, I just blew my mind. So I, I messaged you guys and was like, uh, we might need to chat about this sometime yeah. because I can't believe. And I, I, I guess I just thought that uh, that people even knew I didn't realize that I, I didn't make it something that I talk about, but I, it's not something you talk about daily, but yeah. I was just surprised that so many people could relate, which I'm not surprised by that, but that um, I didn't think that I hid the fact, yeah. you know? And so it was interesting. And then a lot of people were like, oh yeah, and I deal with so much um, guilt and, and I have all these feelings. And it was like, oh yeah, you are not alone, sister <laughs> and brother and whoever, you know, yeah. it's like, we're all feeling this and we're all doing the yeah. best we can in the day we can. And yeah, there's just so much that gets tied to it. And then on the other side of that, you know, because some some of what we're talking about, and Stacy, you're like the, the dogs don't have morality. But then on the other flip side of that, you hear, well, how does the dog feel? And you know, some of the the feelings conversations that go along with it, which then we anthrop we're anthropomorphizing onto the dogs on what they're feeling, where when they have no morality. Yeah, we're doing observations to see, um, and then we're relating that to how we feel to make Correct. it make sense to us. And so we're we're implying all of these constructs onto the dogs where, you know what, sometimes I'm pretty sure my dogs are pretty happy that they have a warm place to sleep. They get two meals a day and Mm -hmm. they get some training time. And that's expectations. You have to look to see what are the expectations? What are the boundaries? And that's where we have to find the kindness for ourselves. And that's where I love what Nancy had suggested about, okay, my dog would thank me for this, or my dog would be you know, this this is the the love letter my dog would write to me, <laughs> right? Just right. to help you realize that, man, you do a lot more with them than you think you do. Yeah, but you always think, man, there could be more. There could be more. You know, like when I talked to Bobby, uh, it was always I feel like I have this. Um, now that I know more, I almost get paralyzed sometimes because I don't want to do it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whereas you know what. I'm pretty sure Dash would just pretty much be excited if I get him out of the kennel and we would play, you know, directional games in the basement for five minutes. He'd be super excited. But I'm like, okay, but the posture has to be right. And the timing, and I'm like, no, just stop it. You know, before you do it, it was just play with the dog. So, and if you learn new things, okay, add it in, Right, (laughs) but don't let it stop you. Agreed. We're running out of time. I know. I want to talk about some of this more, but um, here's my takeaway. I think the real talk awareness piece was what surprised me that it was a conversation that a lot of people felt um, like people thanked me. I was like, what are you thanking me for? I just told you that I create and rotate. Like that's all the post said. Right. (laughs) And I guess I, I didn't understand that a lot of people don't talk about it. And it really scares me when I see people that are going out and getting 
you know, they're, oh, Labradors are sweet, you guys. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. That wasn't loud, wasn't it? <laughs> they are sweet, but they also come in a lot of different flavors. Yeah. And they see right. these dogs out there doing amazing things. They're like, I want that. And they don't understand all the packaging that comes with that and the life change that can happen with that and that create and rotate is a possibility. And then how do you survive that life and then not only survive it, but how can you then be okay with it in yourself? Because something you said, Stacy, is what I cried for three or four days after UConn. Mm -hmm. Every day I would just come home and hold him. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was, my job is to keep you safe and I failed you. And I know that I will fail you again. And I can't hardly live with myself for that feeling. And so that's the things you have to be thoughtful of anytime you bring a new animal into your house. It's and dynamics change. So that's my takeaway is to be aware, be thoughtful, and know that it's not unicorns and all happiness all the time. This is a, a daily crate and rotate. It's a daily schedule. And I don't want to call it a challenge. I want to call it a, a routine. Uh, and, well, it's and it's an a awareness. responsibility. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. So my, my takeaway is um, I also want to kind of just remind people that dogs are also, they're a big function of their genetics and we desire so much of a lot of times when we do, when we're doing, you know, heavy duty sports or, or working with a dog, you know, with working dogs, we're desiring those drives because that that's really what's producing what we're trying to get at. Right. And with those genetics, come a lot drive isn't just for searching or it isn't just for you know whatever you want that dog to do drive comes out in a lot of different ways and sometimes it can come out in ways that maybe you didn't expect because you know for instance if you have that you know, picture of that nice happy go lucky labrador right when you end up with a with a with a high drive version you know may not be what you expected and that you need to really kind of respect that and don't judge the dog for that. If they don't act within kind of your expectation that it's, it's their dogs. And I, I just keep coming down to, they, they don't have human morality. Don't try to impose it on them and uh, just still appreciate them. And, you know, when you, when you do bring that, that dog into your house, just think about how do you, how do you maintain a safe and, you know, and, and happy, happy, right. Household that, um, where every dog can feel fulfilled and, and feel safe. And, and that's the important thing. And if, and, and you gotta be, you gotta be kind to everybody, kind to your dog, kind to yourself. It's eye opening the first time you see a dog. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the first time that a dog does something that's a little unexpected and yeah. then wait, Oh, that wasn't unexpected. You're being a dog. A dog. <laughs> yes. They're not all just cute pictures on Facebook. They're dogs. I'm, exactly. I mean, I my takeaways are are I have learned um, because I have some really great friends, some who are on this call and some who I don't think even listen to the podcast, but it's okay. Um, who bringing a dog like Nico into my house. Mm -hmm was a very long-term discussion because of who he could be yeah. at that point. But who he is at this point is a lot of training, but I also understand that 
he's a KNPV lined up shepherd. Yeah. There's, and then you put him with my motor British lab and they are equally matched, mm-hmm. yeah. which should actually probably really frighten people who think labs are like this cuddly, awesome little thing. That's why I say there's a lab for everybody because there's so much variety in the breed. But having to manage, you know, it looks great when you go out and you spend that two minutes of doing a detection problem or you're, you know, you're doing your nose work or you're doing your cadaver dog problems or whatever, but there's, that's two minutes out of that dog's entire life for the other 24 hours that you have to live with them. Yeah. So when, when people start looking at, well, I want a dog like that. Well, Uh find somebody who has a dog like that and have a very real conversation about what having a dog like that actually is like 24 seven. Yeah. And hopefully people hear us because we're being real. Like I shared a very real, very traumatic story. Yeah. And we've all shared stories of fights that we've had and it happens. It's this, we're not out of the norm. We are very normal. (laughs) Yes. And, and, and that's the, yeah, one more on that is that, um, when people would tell me you are such a great dog mom and I would love to come back in a next life as one of your dogs, I would feel like such a fraud if I didn't share these kinds of things. And I think even after, I mean, I've shared, I didn't share the, the long, terrible fight story, um, because it was, it was too, it was too hard on me. Like, that's why I couldn't share it then, man, that was so hard. And I'm like, I I gotta be real. I mean, there's, there's no way. And people would still say it. Like, I I know people still know that I'm a great dog owner and that I do the best I possibly can for my dogs. And so that's the part that you can't, you can't hold that guilt on yourself. If you're a person that holds guilt like me. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the only other thing is I would just say is that it's important to not just slap a light. Like some people just say, oh, well, that's an aggressive dog. The answer is no, it's not. Dogs are dogs and genetics can come out and you just have to, you just have to just be smart. Just be smart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, you guys, for yeah. a very real discussion. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> Guess who I'm going to go hug after this. I, oh, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Um, thanks, everybody. Um, make sure to check out the website for the, the most recent episodes if you aren't keeping track. And make sure to follow us on Facebook. And we greatly appreciate. And Instagram. And Instagram. Yeah. We greatly appreciate all of your feedback and suggestions for the podcast. You should see the agenda we have for the remainder <laughs> of the year. It's fantastic. <laughs> so thanks, everybody. And go train. Canine Detection Collaborative. We appreciate the time you spend with us. If you liked this episode, not only should you follow us so you don't miss the next one, but please also rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. For info on collaborating with us, go to K9DetectionCollaborative.com. That's K9DetectionCollaborative.com, where you can find our socials and pick up our latest monthly freebie. Join us again to talk training in the next episode.